Hey beautiful people, welcome back to the Fab. If you listen for the first time, hi, my name is Wikemi Adiroja and I'm so glad to have you guys join me on this journey. And if you're a returning listener, what's good, what's popping, what's going on? Today's episode is a very exciting one. It's the continuation of the Living in Quarantine series, how lockdown was for you in your country. And today, the country of reference was Russia. Now, I spoke to my friend Shoa about how she's been coping in Russia and living in a different country from Nigeria. And it was so interesting, like we spoke for it quite a while, and it was like content, beautiful and amazing content. So I hope you guys enjoy listening, and I'll see you later on in the episode. Our guest for today is the one and only queen. The one and only queen. <laughs> <laughs> queen. Queen Adeshewa. You know, if yeah, you're right, you know what Ade means, like Adeshewa. What does Adeshewa mean, please? Um, it means beautiful crown. Oh, cool. And if you see this babe in real life, like <laughs> if you actually see her, she is actually beauty. But anyways, enough whining. Enough whining. So my guest today is Adeshewa. Round of applause. Um, baby girl, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hello everyone. My name is Adeshewa Olaifa. Um, I'm Nigerian and I'm currently based in Russia for studies. What else would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, when did you leave? When did you leave for Russia? Um, I left for Russia. I think I think it was October or November 2018. So I've been here for almost three years. Wow. Well, my accent was so funny. Like I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but how has it been? Like honestly, how has moving from Nigeria to Russia been? Because that's like a huge change. Do you ever think like growing up, would you have ever thought that you go to Russia? My dear, Russia is not on the list. It was never on the list. <laughs> it was never on the list. <laughs> you know, the way we watched all these movies, like we saw the Russian mafia and stuff like that. That's why I always saw Russia before coming here. So it was never, never mind, basically. Yeah. But it's been it's been an experience. Like, my has changed entirely, if I'm being honest. <laughs> really? Because mm-hmm. was it? Because I'm your friend, like I know all the details, but like I guess you get into all of that. But to set the mm-hmm. mood right, um, I wish to ask a couple of fun questions. Um, okay. This question is just like random TMI questions, so like everybody can calm down. You guess everybody can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. TMI. Okay. <laughs> this one is a bit funny, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Next question is: Have you ever been in a physical fight? In a physical fight. Mm-hmm. My dear, I have. <laughs> well, it wasn't really serious, basically, but it was, um, honestly, I actually got suspended from school because of it. I remember it clearly. I think I was in, like, junior secondary school, right? And there was this, I think maybe I was, like, um, year seven, right? So that was, like, SS1. And there was this girl that was in primary school. She was so rude to me. My goodness. And this girl, I don't know her for anyway, but she was just pretty rude. I think it got to a point that I couldn't stand and I slapped her. <laughs> like, we were, like, putting her as hair or something, right? 
And uh, this teacher, no, it was a parent. A parent came into the hall and she saw us and she reported us, got suspended. Now I came back from I came back from suspension. I think it was a two-day suspension or something. I came back, I came back from suspension, you know, uh, while I was at home, photo my mom was suspended. Like I, I washed I washed the house, I, I mopped the floor. I think I think they already called my mom, right? <laughs> I'm so glad my mom didn't beat me that day, but like I was waiting for a beating, but my mom didn't say anything. When I went back to school, the teachers were looking at me like, why are you prancing? I said, you did something good. But anyways, I felt good for slapping that girl. She's so rude. But aside that, I don't think I've ever actually gotten physical with anyone in a violent manner. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> Wait, you know, because I know how mommy is. How did she take it? Oh, my... <laughs> She, I'm just glad she didn't beat me. She didn't shout at me. Like she just accessed it didn't happen. I was just at, at home for two days and I cont- I went back to school. So I think she just didn't talk to me. That was it. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> you know those cats twice they used to do in Hannah Montana. So that's what you were getting yourself mm-hmm. involved with. The girl was just too rude. I just couldn't take it at that point in time. I mean, there's only so far you can push someone. Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah. You see, Adisha mm-hmm. has to expose herself on here. Thank you very much for the exclusive content. <laughs> we truly <Yeah>. appreciate <laughs> Okay, <laughs> now that we're like settled in and comfortable, let's get into today's episode properly. So the reason why um, we're having this conversation is basically to get an insight to how quarantine was always going. Are you guys still on lockdown? No, we are not. It has been, it was revoked a long time ago. I think like after there was a major lockdown, but after I got revoked, I think there were like smaller lockdowns that were actually taken seriously. So we haven't actually been on lockdown for a long time now. Oh wow! So like, how long were you guys on lockdown? Like, like how long have you been on lockdown since the whole pandemic thing started? Um, if I think clearly, I think we went on lockdown um March. I think around April, May last year, right? And I remember we were still on lockdown um in September. So I don't exactly remember when they lifted the ban, but we were on lockdown for a long time because I remember that um classes were online, uh, having classes online, and um you know you couldn't really go to places um. You couldn't really go to places. There was a time that movement was totally restricted that they um they required people to go buy their food stuff and stay at home for like an entire two weeks or something, no movements. I think that happened at a point in time. But yeah, the long the lockdown was pretty long and they were very strict on the protocols they for like, you know, you had to wear your mask, you had to keep um, your distance from people. It was very, and I believe that the death rates in Russia was actually very, very, it was, it was big, it was crazy. But it was mostly because, it's mostly because in Russia, so many old people, right? There are so many old people. So I think that's why Russia got hit quite, like they felt it quite, quite a bit. Wow. Uh, okay, so like, you moved to Russia in 20, you said 2017, right? 2018, now Sorry, November. Yeah. So like when you were living, like, you know, you said it was never, like it wasn't part of the options and stuff like that. So how did the whole thing happen? Like, did you just randomly apply to Russian school <laughs> where you're like, well, I want to explore Russia? My dear, if I'm being honest, it was, if I, 
the way the way faith works <laughs> unexpected right because the way first of all i'm in a russian scholarship right um i was in oau i think i going to OAU in like 2017 2016 i believe right i was in oau and it was around exam time i think that was in um around january 2018 so my mom actually told me apply um, she sent me the link to a website and she was like, go up for this scholarship. At that point in time, a lot of my um, classmates were applying for different scholarships in Nigeria, right? And there was a particular scholarship that I applied for, but I couldn't go to the um, um, examination center because I had a school exam, so I couldn't even make it. So that time we were having exams and I, w- I remember I was in one of the um, lecture halls and my mom sent me the link to the FSB website, right? I think it was either BEA or FSB website. I think it was BEA website. And she told me to go apply for the scholarship. Turns out she heard from a colleague that actually benefited from the scholarship and the colleague told her to tell me to apply. So I didn't actually take it seriously, but my mom was on my case, so I applied. I remember this was this was um, in the middle of the night. This was around like 2 a.m. And I was just like, let's just get it done and forget about it. Now I got done and then I believe I received an email and that was just how everything starts. I received an email and um, it's been so long, so I don't really remember the details, but I went to write an exam in um, Ibadan because, you know, depending on your local government, you have to go to your state of origin to actually write the um, CBT examination, right? So you have, to, you have to hand in some documents for screening, then you actually write an examination in the JAM Center. So it was, there were so many people. I remember I was so packed. This was before my birthday, like... Um, three days before my birthday in March. So my mom was just like, you know, let's pack up. Let's go to, um, let's go to Ibadan. Let's go write this exam. I was like, mom, I haven't been studying seriously. <laughs> just write it. I said, study. <laughs> and it was, it was all crazy. It was just happening so fast. I got there. I saw so many people. The place was packed with thousands of students from all over Nigeria, all handing in their documents and their parents that were stressed because, you know, Nigeria things were taking longer than they were supposed to and um i think we were even going for an extra day in the in the center and a lot and i remember to be honest we only packed for a day right we only we thought it was a one day thing the clothes we were wearing when we got to the hotel room we went to wash <laughs> we went to our clothes and washed it. so they I spread them under the ac so they could dry so i created the next day <laughs> it was crazy so um yeah i basically wrote the um cbt exam i tried my best and i just forgot about it and when i was back in school i think a few months after i think this was in may i received uh i think it was a message on my phone that i had qualified for the scholarship and that i needed to come to abuja that weekend it was all great i called my mom i remember being so happy so excited and you know my mom i thank god for her she makes things happen <laughs> i don't know how she did it but she made it happen before thank we realized you, like thank you mommy like <laughs> but anyway we were on a flight to abuja the hotel was booked we were 
Deb Final to at the um, F the FSB um office that stands for Federal Scholarship Board. So we are at their office in Abuja, and once again there were so many students that were picked. And then you know we had to have an interview with um with uh, people from the embassy, so people from the Russian embassy as well as a Nigerian representative. <sighs> Thank you, mommy. My mom made me the first to go in. <laughs> We got there super early. And thanks to my mom, I was the first person to go in. <laughs> I was dressed in a suit and I was just there that God take the wheel because I had no idea what they were going to ask me. And I believe because I was so nervous, I actually made quite a few mistakes when they asked me questions. But to God be the glory, I thought I actually thought I failed, if I'm being honest. But after that, I came out, I was sad. I later heard that the students that were there actually thought that it was very difficult. So they were all discouraged as they went in. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but it was, it was it was an experience. It wasn't planned. Everything just went like it just kept going. It was very fast and it was just so surprising. And before I knew it, a few, I think it was a few days after before i knew it i already packed all my things and i was on a flight to russia it happened really really fast so that's how it is so if you're interested in coming to russia actually look into the bea like check out BEA, the bilateral educational agreement in nigeria actually check it out because every year a new a fresh batch of students are selected to go to different countries all around the world to actually study on scholarships so take note of that Wow, honestly, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I remember you were doing something, but we'll talk about that at the end, that whole um admission thing. So anyone that's interested can just mm -hmm. get involved. But I remember when you called me, I think I was preparing for um this GPEB exam, this A level exam, and she went out called me and she was like, Um, they can be so I I just I you called me during the process right, when you went to Abuja. Mm -hmm. So the next thing, she's like, oh, I'm going to Russia. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, you know, when you're talking about places, like people are usually like, well, I'm going to the US. I know, right? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, where did my sister see Russia? <laughs> like, what why like i was just so confused my my first choice yeah. was japan if i'm being honest right because i'm you know i'm an otaku right i'm an anime fanatic and xyz right so my first choice was actually japan and my mom was like you know what just select just select russia i don't know my spirit the spirit leads leads my mom okay my mom the spirit <laughs> leads us <laughs> she said you know select russia and that was actually like that was great because then is russia actually selects the most students every year from nigeria like to actually come on scholarship so like that was great so like russia wasn't even my first choice if i'm being honest like it wasn't <laughs> so yeah wow. it just happened <laughs> so like leaving when you left here because of how fast everything was did you at some point feel like oh you didn't get to say goodbye to some people like some friends you wanted to like say bye to for the last time and stuff like that because i know you didn't say bye to me but yeah Don't were, you, angry. Like, <laughs> were you were you worried about that actually that that's i don't think i was because the thing is this when i was leaving i did say goodbye to um like i actually said proper goodbye to all my friends in oi because i remember um the weekend when i was packing my dad right. came to pick me up. Oh, yeah, what? Is Obafemi, Aulo, Aulo University. University, yeah. 
mm-hmm. it's a school in Nigeria. In Ocean State, yeah. So I actually said, yeah. <laughs> I actually said good, a proper goodbye to all my friends. I miss them so much. But then things, aside my friends in OAU and you and maybe one or two other people, I actually don't really have friends in Nigeria. So I can't say that I'm actually like, I was actually connected to anybody at such a level where I'll really miss, you know, so like it wasn't actually too difficult and i said a proper goodbye to the people that other people i said if you came i'm sorry no no i, I was waiting for you i was waiting for you i feel like um so far like seeing your growth and everything has been an interesting experience yeah. and what would you say is a major way that you feel you've grown as a person since you relocated to Russia, oh well, you traveled for school. Mm-hmm. Like, what's one major thing that you have seen as an evident growth so far? Um, I feel like when I was in Nigeria, my eyes were partially closed, and when I left Nigeria, my eyes opened. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think because I led such a, I led a pretty sheltered life, and I'm not complaining. I'm very happy I led such a sheltered life, right? But then it's actually didn't see life for what it was. So I feel like after coming here to Russia and really seeing life, I feel like I'm actually more conscious of my life and actually and, and what I want in life and where I want to go. I know what I want. I know what I want my future to look like to an extent. And I realized that I actually need to work. I need to work to get there. So I feel like in Nigeria, I wasn't really conscious of my future or where I wanted to go. And I was just doing the norm, right? I was just going through the motions and I was very, uh, I wasn't really conscious. So I, I, I feel like that's the main difference because coming after coming here, I realized that I'm more solidified in, um, I have a more solid foundation in myself. Basically, I know myself better and I'm more confident as a person. So it's, it's, yeah, that's the main difference, if I'm being honest. That's the main difference. Well, so, like, would you say, like, how do you describe living in Russia compared to living in Nigeria? Because, like, I've never been to Russia, right? So can you just, like, mm-hmm. compare it a bit so, like, we have an understanding of how it was and then we'll get into, I mean, how it is, rather, and then we'll get into the whole quarantine part of it? I feel like living in Russia is... um the main thing that hit me when I first came is the, was the safety, right? Let's not even talk about the infrastructure. Let's not talk about the healthcare. It's the safety. I'm telling you, like, I can walk in the middle of the night, let's say around, like, 2 a.m., and I won't be worried about being attacked. All I have to really be worried about is maybe a drunk man look out for drunk people on the road, right? Because, you know, vodka, Russians, they go hand in hand. <laughs> but, like, Nigeria, that, that safety is non-existent, if I'm being honest. It is not. I, maybe while I was in OAU, like, I could do that, right? But in outside the campus, no. Like, you can't do that. So, like, the safety was the first thing that really hit me. Here in Russia... The citizens take the law very seriously. Like they take the law very seriously, and the uh, um, government is very serious in the way they, um, you know, they um, ensure that it is not violated. So, like the the safety was the first thing that hit me, and the next thing that hit me was the um, healthcare. Because I remember coming here and the healthcare was so like I went into the hospital like. Because when we, when we first landed, we had to do testings. We had to take a lot of tests to ensure we didn't come with any 
any weird things from Africa, I guess, and ensure that we were in um, proper health, right? So the healthcare, like the way it was, it's, everything was just so, everything went smoothly, everything was so organized, and it really just hit me that, wow, I'm really in Europe, I'm no longer in Nigeria. It really hit me that I'm no longer in Nigeria. So like, I feel like that was the main thing that really hit me when I left um, Nigeria. And also the language, oh my goodness, <laughs> the language. I feel like I didn't really feel the language because I was surrounded by all other Nigerians when I first came. I was surrounded by other Nigerians when I when I arrived. But was it really a struggle trying to like adapt to your language? And because I know you had to learn for a year first of all or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to learn the language for a year because my, um I study in Russian, so I had to learn Russian for a year. Um, learning the language was tough because the teacher was teaching in Russian and I was expected to understand the Russian. So how it's so weird. Like you're teaching me in Russian to like you're teaching me Russian in Russian. So it was all crazy. Here, my the translator was my best friend. Let's just say that. So it's everyone's best friend. Um, I feel like it's it wasn't too difficult, but it was pretty difficult. It wasn't too difficult in fact that I wasn't the only one. I had, thankfully I had so many people that came with me. Um, Thinking about it in my university, there were about nine or 12 of us. I believe there were 12 of us, nine boys, three girls in my university. Meanwhile, there was another um, university in my city as well. And I think maybe there are five of them there. So like for you to understand, I was surrounded by my people. Yeah, nine Nigerians in my set. Meanwhile, we came here and we met other Nigerians from other sets. So thankfully, you know, I wasn't so stranded that I didn't have anyone I could communicate with. I was around my people. But then when we stepped out and we had to learn the language, I feel like because we had that, um, we had I wasn't the only one. So I didn't feel bad whenever I meet blunders. I didn't feel one kind of way. I I I just took it as it was. So yeah, it was difficult, but not too difficult. First of all, big ups to you because, okay, so shall I study in, I think, mechatronics engineering, right? Mechatronics and robotics engineering. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the normal engineering math we do here that is already in English and is giving us headache. My dear sister here is learning it in Russian. <laughs> no, she's not in English. Like the first time you told me that thing, because I think Shawa sent me an assignment or something. She's like, oh, she's working on an assignment. I was like, oh, son, let me see how it is. And I was just like, I don't understand. This is meant to be physics. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, big ups to you, honestly. And you're now in your third year, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to my third year. And the course is how many years? Four years. So, oh. like, I did a year um, a year studying Russian and four years for the actual course. So, like, that's basically five years. But how you say the education system is like and the whole learning process, was it like extremely difficult or there was a point where you were able to easily blend? Or are you still I feel the most difficult thing about being in this country was, is having to learn the language. That is the most difficult part. Yeah. Everything else, I feel like everything else is child's play com- compared to having to actually study and and pass in the language and the way the system works in russia like when you study something you don't just you know write an exam and that's it most of the time you have to defend your work wow 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 you have to actually like speak in russian and defend your work so, <sighs> so you it's don't difficult. have to speak in russian yeah i can i can 
Can you give us like a brief intro? Like say something like, oh, my name is Adeshara and I live in Russia or something like that. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Afikemi is my favorite person in the world here. Um, right now I live in Russia. Fikemi, I'm my favorite person in the world. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know, you know all these like sci-fi movies, and you know those movies, all action movies, and then they want to exchange this like metal suitcase, and they say something. That's exactly how you sounded. I'm like, I know. girl, <laughs> imagine, imagine watch, watching Russian movies, and then you see some translation, and you're like, that's not the actual translation. <laughs> so you see, and now I can. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Wow, mm-hmm. honestly, this is so exciting. Like living in another country, I don't know. I feel so excited about it. Like it seems like a very oh. exciting thing. What do you think? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's really, really exciting. Uh, it's exciting. That's it. That's what I can say. Exciting. It's fresh. It's an experience on its own, and it really opens the mind to how broad the world is. Wow, that's amazing. So we've heard a lot about Shawa's experience in Russia. I feel like there's still a lot more, but I want to touch on the whole quarantine aspect. So like, how was quarantine over there for you guys? Was there like high um, increase in price of your food? Was there scarcity of some things? Like, how how was it generally? You didn't really experience that. Um, okay, okay. In the first few days, people went crazy and they bought out everything in the supermarket. In the first, like, but I think that only lasted for three days. <laughs> that only lasted for three days. Um, that only lasted for three days. Um, we didn't have any scarcity. You know, so we didn't have any scarcity. Things were pretty, everything was, you know, they were very strict in their rules of wearing masks and um, people staying in the, apart- in the hostels. The time that you come back um, into the hostel, they were very strict on that. So there wasn't any scarcity. There wasn't any toilet paper scarcity or um, sanitizer scarcity, none of that. It was pretty chilled, just rules. So how did you get through the various lockdowns, like the various, cause, okay, I think you said you had one major one and then you had- if, um, Others like, that weren't taking so seriously. I mean, I think they are masks. <laughs> I was like, why you gonna wear your masks? It was crazy. But um, to now, now I can say like maybe, 40% of the population wears masks, the others are not so serious about it. But when you go into buildings, when you go into, let's say, the bank, when you go into the supermarket, before you can even pee a mask, if you're not wearing a mask, they won't attend to you. So, till now, we still have those, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really crazy at that point in time. Wow, so, so like, how would you say the pandemic affected you as a person? Like, in what ways do you think pandemic affected you? It could be positive, it could be negative. I personally, the pandemic, um, I, I the, to me, the pandemic was an opportunity because I was really stressed with school and I was starting to really think about other things that I really want to do by the side, aside my education. And the pandemic really, um, because I didn't have to attend classes in person, it really gave me time to actually go into other things. And I feel like that period of time, that's 
that's um, those few months when I wasn't actually in the in the school building when I was you know moving we're not really moving around since we're in lockdown <laughs> but when I, I could use my time for other things I was able to be more productive and actually pursue other interests that I feel might actually be more advantageous to me in my future <laughs> because if I'm being honest studying in Russian is not easy and it has actually to an extent sports my interest in, in the course my course of study if I'm being honest because I can't lie to you guys and say it's been it's been all like great nah it's 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 super tough it's super tough and you, you just have to get through it mm-hmm. oh wow god help you honestly so would you like mm. to say that is um being able to multitask would you say that's one of the only things you're grateful for about the pandemic or do you have more things you're grateful for I mean, there's so much to be grateful for. During the pandemic, so many people lost their lives, to be honest, and so many people lost their sources of income. So I have a lot to be grateful for because I didn't get affected in those areas. But um, I feel like the main thing I'm grateful for was the time I had to go into other things because today it has made, it has opened up so many opportunities for me and it has helped me grow as an individual. Those things I spent my time doing during the pandemic. So... I can't see, I can't see, um, honestly, if I'm being honest, at the point I didn't want, I didn't want the lockdown to end. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> so I have a lot of things I'm grateful for, but like, I'm just grateful for, I'm just grateful that, you know, the people, I love people I care about, we came out of it fine. So like during the pandemic, well, thank God for that. During the pandemic, did mm-hmm. any of your friendships like did it affect your friendships or any relationship you had with people did it make it stronger or did it affect it like make it worse because you couldn't like communicate stuff well if i'm being honest i think i've i've actually seriously thought about that because um i believe a lot of my friends i'm still good with my friends I didn't have um I didn't fall out with any of my friends okay maybe a few because friend groups change some people actually change they became friends with other people that I personally could not relate with and I just wasn't interested in being friends with those kind of groups you know there are some cliques and some groups that you just don't feel you fit into and I consider maybe I lost maybe one or two friends to those kind of cliques <laughs> but aside that um my relationships with most of my friends was fine but I mean I I didn't really spend time with people like I said I was busy with my own interests and I was busy pursuing um other things so my relationships with people suffer to an extent but I did make so many new friends in different cities um here in Russia so I feel like my friend base actually grew <laughs> it actually grew exponentially <laughs> it's crazy right oh, wow so like in Russia, right? Um, would you say you prefer the virtual life or the physical life? Well, I think you already answered that, but I just want to be sure. Do you prefer physical life or things like being able to do this, do that, or do you prefer a virtual life? I definitely prefer the physical life because really? if I'm being on the house, yeah, I prefer the physical life. I think recently it was this summer that I said that you know what them just step out, let me meet a few people, and I had so much fun. I hadn't really been out socializing; I've just been in my own cocoon, if I'm being honest. But then when I went went out socialize, I had so much fun. I was like, 
all the new friends I made, I got to see so many of them and it was great, honestly. So I definitely preferred physical life. You can't, there's just a feeling to it. Like if we take away the physical life, I'd, you really, really like, that's not how life is supposed to be. Life is supposed to be physical. <laughs> actually i agree with that i agree with that because virtual life will kind of take all the fun out of it but um, like when i was recording the episode of Fikaya, he said something that he likes the fact that he could be in different places at the same time so i think it also relates to what you said about being able to like focus on other things that you want to do mm-hmm. and also like have fun mm-hmm. online because like you know when you're in school as a student you have to be any place during semesters ongoing semesters so like you don't miss out on classes yeah if i can carry Mm -hmm. my classes in my suitcase and travel that would be beautiful too it would it really would (laughs) wow so i think that's about it for the whole pandemic life now i want us to talk about how you have been able to deal with food feeding in russia because i know you're a food oh my goodness cooks like she's a whole ass chef even when she was in Nigeria she used to whip <laughs> up some good stuff in the kitchen. I can't testify with my food. <laughs> so, like, how is migrating from being able to easily eat a four and potty jam to like, is it difficult oh getting good food? I feel the waterworks coming on. Oh my god, I've been suffering. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't lie. I miss home food so badly. I miss it so badly. There are so many foods that I miss because a lot of the things that we're used to back at home, they are not readily available here. Um, let's say, for instance, in Russia, there's no plantain. In Russia, there's no yam. In Russia, um, you cannot... We ha- we eat so many vegetables in Nigeria, so many different, like, like so much variety, right? So many greens. I didn't realize how much vegetables we actually consume in, in Nigeria. You can't find variations yet. The only you can probably find only two, probably spinach and another one that's I've forgotten the name. I ha- I've forgotten the name. Maybe those two varieties, and they're not the ones we are used to. It's not like ugu. It's not like um. You get what I mean. So like, it's not like shoko. Like, guys, I can't lie. Okay, the food, the lack of my home food, it has really hit me to an extent. But thankfully, there are some African stores where you can order, order some of these things from. Today, I haven't eaten plantain in almost three years, my dear. Do you know what kind? I, I think I'm having plantain deficiency. <laughs> you know, plantain I deficiency. You can't joke with some dodo. No. No, no, no. no you know? No, no, no. no I'm no, serious. No. Right now, I you can propose to me with plantain. I was set. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine proposing with like a truck of plantain. Sure, just like yes, baby, come. Oh, for real. So because of that, let's say I've been in Russia for a thousand days. Let's say out of those thousand days, nine hundred and twenty days out of those thousand days, I've cooked. So I cook almost every day. And thing is, I've I don't really like Russian food. If I'm being honest, I don't really like Russian food. Um, it just doesn't. I mean, I've only eaten Russian food, let's say maybe, I can count it on one hand. Just for you to know how, I've been here for almost three years, I've only eaten Russian food maybe three times. And it wasn't... So what's Russian food like? I don't know, I only, I, I don't eat it. 
I don't eat it, so I don't know, but it's not it's not pleasant, it's not what you're used to. I mean it might be pleasant to them, but it might not be pleasant to your palate. And they have so many different types, and it's mostly soups, like they love their soups so much. And I can't really trust anyone to give me soup because I don't know where that water came from. <laughs> so unfortunately, I'm a very picky person. I know people who I who have been here for a long time and they've eaten Russian food multiple times and they have no problem with it. So it's just me personally because I'm so used to my Nigerian food and the options available and I like what I like and I'm not one to compromise. So I just cook most of the time. And thankfully, now we're having some African stores, so we're having some variety. Well, so like comparing prices of stuff in Nigeria and in Russia, like what's it, what's the exchange rate, by the way, like? The exchange rate is currently seven, um, seven naira to one rubles. When I came, it was about 5.5, The naira, right now, naira, naira, I can burn naira, to, to burn my hand <laughs> it's that bad i can burn her out to keep say, warm <laughs> that's how bad it is but like how would you compare the prices like the way we buy tissue here i do not really compare prices if you want to compare prices you'll be depressed because you'll be depressed because considering what prices were like in nigeria when i first arrived right now because that is the only price range I remember from Nigeria. I'm pretty sure things are more expensive in Nigeria right now. But the thing is, I didn't experience that increase in price in Nigeria. So right now, let's say I'm thinking of, let's say I want to buy, um, let's say I want to buy Gala. Let's say I remember the price of Gala being, let's say, around that 50 to 80 naira, around that price range, right? I don't know how much it is now. I'm pretty sure it's more than that. But like, if I think about that, and let's say I'm buying a snack here, that same snack is 50 rubles. Um, seven times um, 50, that's 350 naira. Think about it. Whoa. Think about it, you know? So if that's one of the first things they tell you when you arrive, that's one of the first things I'll tell us. Don't think about anything in naira. If not, you'll be depressed. You'll be depressed. <laughs> so you'll be like, you'll be dep- well, I want to buy Gala. Um, they'll be like, oh, it's 50. You will bring that 59 um, times seven, please. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, because of... Um, now, the thing is, I told you we have some African stores here, right? Yeah. We, we have African stores, and the prices of African goods is just crazy. It's so exorbitant. <laughs> Let's say, for instance, I'm buying 50 seal of um, palm, palm oil. I'm buying it about um, 500 rubles. That, that's about 3,500 naira. How much palm oil can 3,500 naira get me? 50 seal, my dear. Damn. That's like a keg of I, palm oil here. Yeah. I'm getting it for 50 CL. So prices, you know, you don't, you don't really want to think about it. You know, you don't really want to think about it. <laughs> But like, do you have options to work there? Um, before, when I first came, options to work were not readily available, but thankfully now options are actually opening up for remote work and maybe in some offices and some cities. So when I first came, those options weren't available, but thankfully now they are opening up. So it depends on if you can find a job where you have the qualifications and if they accept you. And if, let's say, you don't really want to speak Russian and you want a job that's in English. Yeah, 
you can find it. But, you know, before when I first came, those weren't really available. Let's say it's just the past few months that they've become available. So thankfully, things are looking up for African students that are coming here in Russia. Things are actually looking up. Yeah. To wrap up, how would you say accommodation is like? Is it comfortable? Is it convenient? Is it affordable? Uh, do you want the um? Do you want me to like you know sugarcoat it, or you want the honest honest option? You the want truth the... and nothing but the truth. <laughs> well, <laughs> when well, when you first come, you know I'm a scholarship student. I I believe all students basically you stay in the school hostels, right? You stay in the school hostels. Now, the thing is, the hostel for my school, the hostels are different for, for many schools. Let me take my school, for instance, and let me take another school that's also in my city. Now, that school is mostly for um, students studying medicine, right? And my school is for students studying um, engineering-related um, courses. Now, the thing is, my, my, my hostel is, let's say, out of 10, I'll rate it a six. Meanwhile, in that other school, their hostels out of 10, you probably give them 9.5. So it actually really depends on the schools and what their accommodations are like in some places. Because now one thing that you also need to consider is, you know, in, there are a lot of people from a lot of different countries that are staying in that same hostel. You might be, you might like you might be in um, sharing a room with people from um Francophone countries, you might be in a, in a room, you might have an Arab also in your room. And different people, people are different, right? People have different levels of cleanliness and the congestion, I believe it's not as bad as Nigerian um, Federal University hostels. Let's just put it like that. So it's not as bad. And it's actually really be pretty cheaper. bad. We say it's cheaper than. Oh, it's a lot cheaper. Um, I believe my hostel fee, let's say it's about. 8,000 to 9,000 um, rubles. So, yeah, if you can do quick math. <laughs> so, that's like, that's, that's like, like, like 63,000 um, naira or so. So, like, it's actually pretty cheap and that's for an entire year. So, eh? yeah. You have a bed. <laughs> <You know, thing. laughs> Wait, like, 63k for a year yeah that's space but you know you're in the hostel but now let's say you want to you know you want to live the lavish life you want to live in apartments cost of apartments varies depending on the city you are in in my city for instance you could get an apartment that's like fourteen thousand rubles aside utility bills and um you know um some apartments that are like twenty thousand rubles upwards so it depends on what you're going for, what your taste are, and what you can you can get. Because there are some um, there are some people who don't rent out to Africans because some people have they've spoiled our name outside <laughs> <laughs> because they've had bad experiences. Oh wow! So that's like less than one fifty k for a year, mm-hmm. and like you can get like a two bedroom, three bedroom apartment. Yeah. Wait, what? what? I think that's like 140, good. yeah, 150. No, 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 probably a one bedroom, but like if, well, yes and no, but yes. Well, like, no. yeah, yes and no, because like thought, there's also the quality of the apartment yeah. you are getting, you know, you have to think about quality too. So, my apartment might be sure. pretty old, but then if you're looking for an apartment that's pretty classy, oh no, my dear, I think there's a misunderstanding. That's not the cost per year, that's the cost per month. You know, I mean, no, one wonder. <laughs> oh, and that's like I was talking. Oh, that's I start buying. I, I, I shout I was like, what do you mean 12 months in a year? Is it 3,000? No, <laughs> I'm in an apartment that was the case. <laughs> okay. 
No, no, I can calm down. No, I can calm down. Because before, I always carry my money and buy land. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> wow. But I still think it's still cool. Because in some places here, it's quite ridiculous. But yeah, I don't think Russia is such a bad place. It isn't, as long as you're ready to like deal with the language barrier and um, the unavailability of the food stuff you're used to, like some very African things like yam, for instance, and fresh vegetables. I mean, they have their, they have some vegetables, but the vegetables you can really use to make soup. And fresh spinach, sorry, fresh spinach. You know, it's spinach in Russia, so Russian is weird, you know? But like, there are some things that you just can't really find here. So as long as that's not a problem for you, yeah. Although there are some cities where you can get these, but it's not, it's rare. It's basically rare. So it's not so bad. I believe depending on what you're interested in, the pros are actually greater than the cons. I mean, living here, I've been spoiled with 24-7 electricity. I leave my phone to like 2% before I charge it. <laughs> you know, I can't remember ever doing that in Nigeria. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. And like the um, yeah. tuition fees, because like, I'm trying to get us to wrap up, but I feel like some people uh, have yeah, questions. So yeah. what do you say the tuition fees like, just like straight out price? Once again, it depends on your city of interest and it depends on um, the school you're going to. Um, in my school, I believe the tuition fee, it changes. It changes. So just use what I said as a reference. But let's say per year, it could be about $2,700 per year. So it's pretty subsidized if you think about it compared to some universities, some private universities in Nigeria and in other countries abroad. Like you can't be looking at US and UK and expecting that. You want to steal it? So like, it's really yeah. the same as like private universities. Cause I think in my school, it's even more expensive, imagine. So think like, about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, some schools actually offer education in English. For instance, in my school, like you could actually study in English. I'm studying in Russian because I'm under a scholarship that requires me to study in Russian, if you get what I mean. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's basically to like expand their like mm-hmm. country barrier and stuff to get more people to speak the language. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Wow. You've actually enlightened me a lot. Because I know we talk about, I remember the first time we had a proper call and I was asking you one million questions. So how do you breathe? How do you sleep? How do you do do that? But it seems like a very interesting place. And like when you take snaps and all, and I see all the lights, like Christmas is like Mm. bright and interesting. They take holidays so seriously in this country. And they take, and, and, and the men are very good to their women. I'm, I'm gonna put that out there, okay? The men are very good to their women. No, of course, so like <laughs> just saying. Shall I just maybe slightly hinting on Spain? There is a Russian <laughs> uncle. No, there. I'm I'm not hinting. I'm just saying. I'm just okay. saying. Okay. Yes, if you see how they celebrate uh, Women's Day here, my dear, no, 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 no. You've never seen it. <laughs> Actually, like that. But thank you so much for shedding lights on the russian world because like it's, it's really nice that you can tell it with comparisons like you have the experience of being in nigeria and also being in russia mm-hmm. so give a better understanding like i can't go on google and see all this information so you guys content 
I'm giving you <laughs> content. So shout out to you, Shewa, for blessing mm-hmm. our podcast today, gracing us with your presence. We truly appreciate mm-hmm. it. And so if you guys want to study Russia or like you like you've heard about these things, you have opportunities to work, make money, do all that cool stuff, you guys can reach out to Shera. So how do you want me to drop your details? Should we should we do Instagram or they should just reach out to me and I'll send you a number? Mm, I don't know. How am I going or to do this? I can send them that yeah. message. There's a broadcast message. Um well, there, yeah, you could send them that uh, message and you could also reach me via my email. So okay. I could send you my email and they could just reach out to me via my email okay, if they're interested. Right. Yeah. So can you just say your email for the ones that are too lazy to slide in DMs? Um, <laughs> Adeshewaolaifa at gmail.com A-D-E-S-E-W-A-O-L-A-I-F-A at gmail.com <laughs> yes that's, and if you still don't know how to spell i'll help your ministry so just send me a DM mm-hmm. and i'll send you the details so if you're interested in mm-hmm. schooling in russia and yeah you want to try to leave the country you know explore honestly if you want to if you if you if you can do it i'm serious because the way nigeria is going it breaks my heart every day honestly okay. and, and i have so many people i love it <laughs> like me yeah like you yeah it would be bad if you learn another language as well so just hit me up and if you want to to come back and actually give us the tea on russia like you actually want to know more about russia let me know so the amount of people that just just let me know if you want her to come and give us a tea or if you want to talk to her send her an email you know all that good stuff that's why this podcast is here you know we we do the lot we do the doings jiggets we do the doings <laughs> we're doing a lot of work but anyways thank you so yes, much so. For mm-hmm. bracing our podcast, let's just pray this episode is not too long. <laughs> Thank you for having me. We pray. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. I'm so glad uh, you're able to find time to be on our podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Do not forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Share with all your friends. If you have any friends that say they want to jackpot, please share with them. Don't be stingy. Please share yeah, with so. them. And I just hope this helps you get a better understanding of how life outside Nigeria is and like different countries, mm-hmm. excuse me, different countries. And hopefully I can do this with like people from Italy, China, Japan, just to give you an understanding mm-hmm. of how life is you get outside Nigeria. And yeah, I'll see you guys in my next mm-hmm. episode. Any last words, baby girl? No, no. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, then. See you guys in my next episode. Bye.